Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. You're listening to the second part of a podcast featuring a dialogue session with His Excellency Herman van Rompuy, President of the European Council, who was in SMU on the 17th of November 2014 as the 17th speaker of the SMU Presidential Distinguished Lecturer Series. In this wide-ranging discussion, moderated by SMU President Professor Arnaud Meyer, His Excellency Van Rompuy shared his comments on topics such as the G20 Leaders' Summit 2014, economic reforms in Europe and the defining moments of his presidency. Um, you have been uh, chairing the European Council over the last uh, five years and while there are quite a few Europeans in this room here today, some of our uh, students and people here may actually not know what that role actually is. So if you could briefly explain us what you do the last five yeah. years. Uh, and uh, Ask it my wife. <laughs> and maybe also uh, what were sort of defining moments in, the, in those five years? Uh, what, what were sort of maybe not takeaways, but what are the defining moments or the important moments when you reflect back on those five years? Mm-hmm. But first of all, on the institutions, I, I often... Uh, to, to answer that kind of questions, very complicated. And so it's not complicated at all. Of course, if you don't want to understand, you never understand. That, that, that's true. Huh? So we have a European... Are you referring to journalists? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. sorry. <laughs> it's not personal. Not personal. <laughs> so we have a European Parliament. That's clear. Our democracies each have a Parliament. We have a Parliament, 750 members for 500 million people. Uh, we have a government, although you can make a lot of nuances and if the lawmakers are here or professors in law and I see some of them, uh, they can put all the nuances you want and I will be the first one. uh, But let's say that the European Commission is very close to what you can call a government. What is the European Council? The European Council is a collective body that you can associate with the chief of state. Um, Our role actually is a role that is different from the executive branch. We are not involved in the daily running of the union and of course very different of the legislative branch. We are not involved at all in legislation. So we are giving uh, general orientations Um, for policies in all kinds of domains and uh, we are giving impulses. Because the council is highly representative, because they are the prime ministers and the presidents of all the 28 member states, encompassing 500 million citizens, they have a huge political and moral authority. When they speak, very difficult for other players in the European Union to contradict them. Although it can, according to the rules, each has its own competences and its own role. So for, for actually the repartition of the roles is not uh, that difficult. But of course we have, we are, we are not a state. We have 28 sovereign states. And so when you, for instance, speak on foreign policy and even on economic policy, even if we define a common position which we are doing all the time, with 28, by consensus, by consensus. Uh, 
This is translated, first of all, in 23 languages. We have not one language, 23 languages. I don't know them all, huh? so I can reassure <laughs> you. Uh, and according to the public opinions of those 28 member states, with the different political opinions are different. So you, you hear many voices. I'm happy when there is one message, the many voices that will always be the case in the European Union, for the reasons I just mentioned. Yeah. Huh? Uh, the, the leaders are accountable in front of their parliaments, their electorate, in their own language. So that will always be somewhat complicated. But as long as we can decide uh, and have a common message uh, on substance, then uh, not only I can be happy, but also my successors and, uh, can be happy. So this is a complicating factor. Do you always have in the... In the in, in the European Union. But others are facing other problems. There are countries, major countries, with one president and one parliament and still a lot of difficulties to agree on one budget. Eh? Uh, so uh, every system has its own constraints and we are not uh, the only one. Of course, in a dictatorship it's very easy. That's very easy. But in, uh, in a democracy it's often complicated. So when you look back at these uh, five years uh, I was saying, are there any defining moments or any moments that you thought, now it's going the wrong way, but we've been able to, to, to revert back to the right way, or sort of moments where you say, we really made a breakthrough? Yeah, I had one issue to deal with, that was the survival of the Eurozone. And we were quite convinced that if the Eurozone collapsed, or had collapsed, the Union itself was in danger. The German Chancellor said it once, and I think she was right. But the Union is also the biggest peace project in the history of mankind. So there was much more at stake than simply a money. It was much more than a monetary operation. Of course, we had to, to use all the means uh, to, uh, to underpin the, the common currency, but the, the challenge uh, was, was quite, quite different, going far beyond uh, monetary policy and economic policy. It, it was about a political project and even a project of civilization. And I'm not exaggerating. Uh, and I think the leaders were fully aware of this. That's why when the rest of the world was discussing not if the uh, Eurozone would collapse, that was for sure. Uh, the only discussion was about the date. Um, the leaders themselves were quite convinced that they had to do what they, what they could. And they, they would take all the risks needed and they would take all the initiatives needed to let the Eurozone survive. And this strong political will, this determination was present all over the crisis. And this made it possible that we uh, took away the existential threat to the Eurozone. Even if in large parts of the world people were not convinced of it. Uh, and some media uh, said to develop this idea even more than others. I'm, I'm using no we all very, diplomatic words, very diplomatic words. Very diplomatic words. So this was the main challenge for my presidency. I'm very happy 
that we succeeded. Of course, are the problems solved? All the problems? No, but that is never in politics. But you have to take problems one by one. And now it is the economy. Now we have to reinforce, let's say, the structural economic growth of the Eurozone and of the Union. Uh, we had, uh, we, I said, we, uh, we, had, we put some building blocks already for the future. I had European councils on innovation, uh, on the digital market, on the energy union and so on. Uh, but my successor and I think even later on, they have to take it up and to deepen it. It's not an easy task, uh, being responsible for the Union. You are never alone, of course, huh? there is a collective effort. Because we have, and people don't realize it completely, we have every time to agree with 28. Give you an example on climate change. We agreed on a reduction of greenhouse gases by 40% in 2030 compared to 1990. We are on track on our current or previous objective, minus 20% in 2020. We are on track. It's not a problem. We are credible when we say that we want to go further. It's a legally binding agreement. It's not just a declaration of political intentions. It is legally binding. But then we have to agree with 28. And it is sometimes a zero-sum game. If you do less, then the others have to do more. So it is a quite difficult exercise. But we succeeded. We succeeded. We made a European budget, shrinking European budget, with 28. It took us 35 plus 12, let's say 50 hours. 50 hours. I was Minister of the Budget, making a budget in 50 hours. 50 hours, it's quite, uh, uh, quite impressive. Huh? Uh, so we, we made it with 28 in a shrinking budget, distributing money and, uh, and uh, uh, Having a deficit, that's not, uh, that's not so easy. We may not have a deficit in the European Union. The European Union budget is a balanced budget. So it took us a major efforts, but we succeeded. So during the, Euro, the Eurozone crisis, and also outside this crisis management, on the budget, on climate change, on the sanctions of Ukraine, we succeed getting this unanimity. So we. The Union is not blocked. The Union uh, can work, the institutions can function. It can be a surprise for, for, for some. It is difficult, but it is doable. If in 1950, when one had said to Robert Schumann, I will give a, the Robert Schumann lecture later this evening, you will be not with six, and with, but instead of six, with 28. And if even 20 years ago, when we were with 12, one has, had said we will be with 28, and it works, nobody can we believe it. So it is something special. And but the main reason is, and then I finish this, this, this chapter, the main reason is that 
everybody who is around the table of the European Council of Heads of State of Government. He knows that he has to make a compromise. When he is sitting there and he tries to, to uh, or he thinks that he is the only one who is right, it, it will not work. So when he is sitting there, there is a convergence, there is a spirit of convergence. There is a culture of compromise. Without that culture of compromise, nothing is possible. Uh, if there is no political will to put it very neutral, you can't achieve, you can't achieve anything. Hmm. But as, as long as there is this culture of compromise, uh, we can let the, the, the institutions function and get results also on very difficult issues. I think uh, you will be uh, joining me in thanking uh, His Excellency uh, President Van Rompuy for the openness with which he addressed the questions um, and I hope that you will join me in a warm round of applause. <laughs>